Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of the Culture Changers podcast. We've got an extra special episode for you today. I am just doing the intro. I was actually teaching throughout the time that this interview was happening, but Emily is with uh, Kim Neal. And she is just doing this interview, this amazing person. We used to work with her here at Life Choices. She's awesome. And I'm just going to go ahead and let her tell her story. It's pretty amazing. Hope you guys enjoy it. This is the Culture Changers Podcast. People matter. You matter. I matter. Our vision is to see every life valued. And that requires a shift in our thinking. A change in our culture. And it starts with us. With an idea. With a spark of love. A spark that will ignite into a flame and spread like wildfire and change the world. So join us as we help you cultivate passion, empower people, impact community, and value life. Let's Let's go. go. Okay, so hi everybody. This is Emily. Um, I am flying solo today hosting because BJ is actually with our My Choice Education doing um, teaching in the schools. We're able to get back in. Um, He hasn't been in the schools for a while because of COVID, so he's super pumped to be there. But I am here today with Kim Neal, and I am going to be interviewing her, basically just talking. (laughs) But um, yeah, so Kim... um, a little bit about her, just a little introduction. So she used to work at Life Choices. And what was your role? Is Um, it what I'm doing now, I think? Yeah. The donor specialist? Yes. Okay. Yes. So she basically, yeah, made designs and websites and all that. Um, But now, so she's actually working with um, her own nonprofit organization called Regan's Journey. Right. And um, we talked about it on the last um, episode that um, if you got a sneak peek, we told about your um, website and mm-hmm. it's org. Mm-hmm. So go check it out. R-E-A-G-A-N. Um, and the purpose of Regan's Journey is to make life better for children with special needs. And they do this by providing equipment and support to families in need while raising awareness of special needs. So, Kim, welcome Thank to you. our Culture Changers podcast. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. an honor. Yeah. So, um, so just give us a little background just about you before we even get into Regan's journey. Just tell us a little bit about you just so our listeners can know. Okay. Um, well, I have lived in Katanning area, Armstrong County, um, all my life. And um, I love this town and I love its people. And um, I really find that um, I kind of am just uh, a servant or a fixer or a finder, you know, for lots of different things. So um, I I just love to meet the needs of people. Um, I I used to work at Haven, a domestic violence shelter for about six years. Um, I waited tables. Um, I've kind of done, you know, several things that are sort of in uh, social work. I guess, and then with life choices, you know, we I wasn't working directly with clients, but, um, you know, we we're able to see what I was doing was helping the clinics and helping those clients get what they need, you know, whether it was resources or relationships or, um, you know, help in, in any way. So I'm pretty passionate about that. It just sort of seems like that's always where I fall into is just um, being a source of help and guidance and resources. Um, I don't know. People sometimes will come to me and say like, hey, do you know where I could go for this or that? And so I love being able to know that just because of kind of the places that I've um, been working or, you know, relationships that I've had in the community and beyond. So um, that excites me and, you know, gives me passion. Yeah, that's awesome. I know whenever you were working here, we I you left shortly after I started working, actually getting to know you here at Life Choices, mm-hmm. but I've always saw, seen you as a very strong and loving person who's very open with anyone. Like, I feel like you can make a friend with anyone. Oh, so thank you. yeah, thank for you. sure. So we are just really excited to have you here too, because um, I was just telling her this um, a couple minutes ago before this podcast, but um, like, you're just someone who truly um, is an example of what we say about like, Life choices isn't just within these walls. It's not just the people who are immediate staff right now. It's the people who are also in the community, who are also um, 
promoting what we care about, loving people, seeing everyone valued. And you're doing that not here, but you're doing that elsewhere. And you're you're now impacting a different community. Um, is it Lower Burl? Yes. 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 So mm-hmm. right now, um, it used to be up here in Katanning, but now you're in Lower Burl. So just yeah. seeing that ripple effect, it's literally happening with you. And mm-hmm. so, um, so tell us a little bit about your family. Because I know you're probably going to mention some of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm married to Fred. He's my husband. He um, is a pastor and we've been married for 15 years and we just moved to Lower Burrell about two years ago because um, he's just always been a gifted preacher and teacher. And so um, he was ready to embark um, on his own journey and plant a new church in Lower Burrell. So um, he's gained a lot of skills, a lot of relationships and stuff in this area and serving um, with Harvest is where he used to be a pastor. And so um, we were ready for the next adventure. So it was a very prayerful and tough thing to do to leave our community and town that we love and people that we love and family. Um, but it's, you know, God has continued to show up in big, big ways. Um, <clears throat> we have about 100 people that are um, already attending uh, our church, which is called Redemption. And um, we haven't even been into our new building yet. So um, we're going to open on Easter Sunday. And so we're excited about relationships we're going to build there in that community and people that we can help and come alongside. So, um, and then we have three children. So Chase is my oldest. He's 20 now. He's at uh, Slippery Rock University, you know, sort of online-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going back in the fall in person. Um, and then Reese is 14. And then Reagan is my youngest. And she's going to be 13 in a couple weeks here. So oh, wow. she's about to be a teenager. Um, she already acts like a teenager. So it's not going to be a surprise. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, you know, our family... Uh, Reagan has changed our family a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born in 2008, and she suffered a brain injury. So uh, we really didn't know what that meant. We All we knew was that she had um, a brain bleed at birth, and she lost oxygen for uh, just a few seconds at birth. Um, she was a little, you know, had some discoloration, but her APGARs um, were good. She pinked up and seemed fine and was sent home as a well baby, and so... Um, we knew nothing different. We took her home and just, you know, enjoyed her as the last of, of our kids. And um, we, at six days old, in the middle of the night, she woke up and she was uh, doing some, just her arms were moving, kind of flailing in a different way and kind of a rhythmic way. So I just kind of swaddled her and thought, well, you know, babies, their nervous systems aren't developed, you know, great yet. So it's probably that I'll just swaddle her tighter, but it didn't matter. Her body kept doing that. It kind of was like, um, hiccups, you know, like just rhythmic and, and, you know, every so often. So I woke up Fred and said, I don't know what she's doing, but this is really different. Um, and he agreed, this is, this seems odd, you know? Um, so we agreed that we'll just call the pediatrician in the morning and see what they say. So we did. And of course they wanted to see her. They were worried, you know, just to make sure of what was happening. So we took her up in the morning and we were scheduled with somebody, um, uh, one doctor. And what we found out was that he was called for something else and, but somebody else was available right away. Um, which I think now was a God thing. Yeah. Um, we saw, you know, the right person that was supposed to see her at the right time. Had we maybe waited for the next person, maybe, you know, that would have changed things. So we went back, we laid her on the table and instantly he saw what we saw. Mm. It was, it was terrible, but it was a blessing because, you know, when you're a new mom and you're tired and yeah. you're explaining something, they might say, well, that's just, yeah. you know, babies, you don't know like what that is. So, um, what he did was he scooped her up off the table and put her over his shoulder and said, get all of her stuff. And he ran out of the office down the hall out through the waiting room and outside so we ran through the lobby um, cancer center and into the ER which is where he was headed only to find a group of people already waiting to start working on her um, because she was having tonic-clonic seizures is what we found out that was happening um, she was severely dehydrated because she had low muscle tone and all of these things are attributed to her brain injury you know her, mm-hmm. her brain wasn't telling her body what to do and how to do it. So she wasn't getting enough, you know, her muscles weren't acting right. She wasn't getting enough nutrition, not enough liquid, all these things that were making her brain go through this. So um, they worked on her and worked on her. She probably had 30 seizures on the table. Um, Finally, uh, Children's Hospital flew in on a helicopter and um, 
they got an IV because they weren't able to, to get an IV to administer medication, which is the only thing that was going to stop her brain from seizing. So um, they did that, put her on a helicopter, and we weren't able to ride with her. So we were instructed to go home, get our stuff packed, um, you know, arrange childcare for our children, and then come down. So we drove down there, you know, frightened, and we didn't know yeah. what we were going to see when we showed up. We didn't know what was happening. I mean, people were asking us, like, well, is she going to make it? Is she going to live? We said, I don't know. We don't know any thing so um you know they administered every test that they could and um basically we really didn't have a lot of answers for why that was happening um but they just decided to put her you know keep her on the seizure meds to make sure that her brain wasn't going to keep getting irritated and send us home on traditional therapy to make sure she didn't miss her milestones so we stayed in the hospital like a week and then went home and um, started getting services in the home to make sure she was you know getting her movement and rolling and all, you know, all the things that typical babies do, but because she's medicated and somewhat sedated, those things might not happen naturally. So we need to make sure we're not going to miss anything. So, um, we did alternative therapy with her for, or I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, traditional therapy, uh, for probably, you know, two, three years, which is what's usually recommended with early intervention services. And, um, but we just kept feeling like there's just gotta be something more. She's not quite She's still, you know, three years old. She still wasn't sitting up. She wasn't rolling over. She wasn't crawling, doing anything that a three-year-old would do. Even eating and drinking was tough. So um, we sought out some alternative therapy in Philadelphia because I would stay up till two in the morning like an FBI agent, you know, on a trail mm. for something, something that was going to tell us why this happened and what mm-hmm. we could do. Mm-hmm. just felt like we didn't really have a, a great answer, and it just really you know, it really gnawed at me a lot. So we found this place called the Institutes for the Achievement of Human Potential in Philadelphia. And it was going to be costly. It was going to be time consuming, but we were going to have to learn as parents how to, to teach her how to move and to breathe and to do all the things that her body should do on its own. Um, it was empowering. It was really empowering. As parents, where you feel like your kid is broken and you don't know what to do, yeah, I can. Um, yeah, so it, it was like, okay, this is a hands-on approach. Like, I'm a doer, so mm-hmm. tell me what to do to help her be better, to help her mm-hmm. be well. So they did. You know, every six months we'd go out there, um, and not on our own dime. You know, our church family and our community, they would just send us checks in the mail. They knew what we needed. They knew what we needed to have to be to get her to the next level. Um, they would throw huge fundraisers. I mean, amazing to see our community and church come together because of this little girl. They knew what they were doing and putting their time and effort and money into was working. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we are forever grateful. Mm-hmm. I, we would never have been able to do it. It was like $6,000 every six months to go there. There's no way. So, but we never had to pay on our own. It was amazing. I mean, God provided, you know, he, he led me to that website. He led me to this place. It was going to give us answers and to give us on the other side a testimony to say, this is what God's people can do. You know, they can rally together for the will of this child to be better. And, and it, and it did, you know, I mean, um, I, I wouldn't say, um, anyway. Okay. So it, we did that therapy for about four years. At age six, seven years old, she took her first steps. And at this point, her brain was able to be kind of lateralized and balanced enough to be able to now go back to tradi- or traditional yeah, PT and OT and all those things that it could take in the information and do something good with it. Mm-hmm. Where before, I think her brain just wasn't ready. It had been through a lot. Yeah. So, you know, we it used to be about Reagan, all about Reagan, you know, all the the fundraisers we had and everything that we did. Um, But we also, you know, in that six, seven years, met other families that were walking the same road, you know, and so it, as she got better, and we didn't need to do that therapy anymore, and it wasn't going to cost us anything anymore, we thought, we've got to come alongside these families who are having a tough time. And we don't want anybody to have to reinvent the wheel. You know, we, they, they should have the resources they need. They should have people who understand what they're going through. They should have the funds to do that, whatever. All those things should just happen. It just doesn't. You mm-hmm. know, that's just really a myth. It just doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, you're tired. You're spent. You're, you're you know, emotionally drained from worrying about your, your child and their future. So you don't have time to be looking for resources and finding people, you know, it should, it just needs to come to them. So, um, 
with the help of our friend, um, Scott Davis from Catanning, um, him and Fred kind of came up with this idea, well, what if we start a nonprofit, you know, and we can, if people donate, they can get, you know, a kickback for that. And it can be, it can be bigger than, than what it is now. You know, it's not just about Reagan. It can be about everybody that is going through the same struggle. So he is a passionate guy about it and it really took off. We had some helpers come along, you know, built a board, um, and started saying like, let's, let's, try this and see what we can do for the community for these families um and so that's what we did you know uh, we first just started doing events to gather people together um because they need to brush shoulders with other people who get it you know if if mm -hmm. i walk down the street especially in katanning i'm probably not going to see another family that's pushing a wheelchair you know mm -hmm. um you may have to really yeah really search for somebody who else you know who's going through the same thing and so we wanted to help create that you know make that happen for them yeah. Every time I hear your story. So the first time I heard it was actually at a women's breakfast, like the full story. Yeah. Like I knew you, but the full story. And I'll, I'll never forget. Um, there was a woman there afterwards that you introduced me to, and she was from Ohio yeah. and she, you were helping her family. And she just looked at me and you, we went off to talk to somebody else. Cause there's a lot of things, people there to, um, meet you. And I just talked to her and I was like, wow, like she, it was the idea that she, she just, you could see how defeated she said that she was, but see how hopeful. And she's like, I just want to do this too. I just want to help other families too. Like yeah. if now that I know that it can be possible for my child, how can I not want to just let another mom know? And like, mm -hmm. I just saw that. And um, I know you weren't like in that conversation right there, but I just want to like encourage you to like, I see other people being encouraged to do the same. And it really is. It's a huge ripple effect. And, um, I feel like every time I hear the story, I just want to tear up. I'm trying not to, I'm like, I'm on a podcast, yeah. but, um, but no, but that's just amazing. And I, I personally have a now 19 month old son. And like the first time I ever heard your story too, I wasn't a mom yet. So I was like, Oh, that has to be hard. Now I'm like, Oh, oh. like he gets a stuffy nose and I'm like, Oh no, are you yeah. like, yeah, I mean, just the strength. And I mean, I know, so we've, we've noted this before, but obviously not everybody listening, maybe Christians, um, in this story, but even just your reliance on God that you had to do with you being a Christian. I mean, mm. I mean, I can, I can only imagine, you know, yeah. It's and he's, amazing. God has really met me in all those dark places. Yeah. You know, I remember like being at children's hospital that first time we got admitted, well, I'd never stayed in a hospital before and not with a child who was sick yeah. and I couldn't, didn't want to leave her. But I remember going down and like there, you had to go down the hall. It's the old children's hospital. You had to go down the hall to the bathroom to get a shower. And it was just, just cold and dark. And mm -hmm. it was just like, it, it just exemplified everything that I was going through. Like that, that room, you know, it was like, it's uncharted territory. It's cold. It's dark. It's scary. And I'm, I'm mad. I mean, at that point I'm mad, yeah. you know? And, uh, I remember just like Chris crying the whole time in that shower, just like, what is happening? Like, what are you doing? Right. You know, you gave me this baby and now why is she falling apart? You know, what, what is happening? What am I supposed to do now? Um, and now when I look back, and just being angry and not accepting the situation, you know, it's really kind of like a slap in the face to God to say, but this is how I'm keeping you close to the vine. Don't mm. you see it? Don't you see that some people are called to suffer and that I need you to be here so that you can, you know, you can gain that from me, gain that faith, that trust and build that so that you can turn and offer that to the next person. That's what he's doing. <laughs> but I was so mad. I wanted to give it back. I did. I mean, so many times I said, I don't want this lot. Take it back. I, you know, whatever you're trying to do to me, I don't want it. I'm not interested. Yeah. To how hurtful. Now I think to a sovereign God, how hurtful is that for me to say to him? And now to think back and like, oh, if I would have just seen what you're doing, you know, mm -hmm. he's doing something way bigger than I could have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. And the people that I talk to now and brush shoulders with, it's amazing. He's given me that. And it, had I not been in mm -hmm. those dark places, I would have not been close to the vine and I would have not kept growing, you know, like I would have ran. I really would have. Yeah, I think we all have a threshold. I was thinking about this on in the car on the way here. This we, we all have that threshold of where, you know, if you're a strong-willed person, you don't want to do what people tell you to do, and you don't want to do what God tells you to do mm -hmm. for sure. And so you run and run and run, and 
but if you're a rule follower, you know, some, I have a friend who will say like, I really don't have a big story of when I got saved. I just always followed Jesus, you know, to which that's commendable. That's amazing because that's just that true North, you know, like that you're just staying close to him all the time, not wavering, you know, you're just, you know, that that's where you're, you're meant to be. I am unfortunately not that way. (laughs) I tend to just want to do my own thing and to which God will say, okay, you say you don't want it. You're going to spin your wheels and get mad mm-hmm. and, and turn from me and get angry. And then, okay, let me know how that works out, you know, because we can keep going. How long? How long do you want to stay in that space? You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like now I'm quicker <laughs> to say, okay, I see what you're handing me. I know you've never left me before. So I'm just going to stay the course pray it through, rely on him, you know, because otherwise, what is that getting me? It's just going to prolong this whole thing. You know, he's like, if you just learned the first time, we wouldn't have to keep doing this, you know? Yeah. And so I think too, so a question I'm thinking about is how has your, how has your perspective even had to have shifted? Because it really is like, is this a setback? Like we all have things that we're struggling with. Sin is real. Brokenness is real. We're going to encounter it. If you haven't yet, I'm sorry. <laughs> like right. I'm warning you. But um, like we live in a broken world. And so I think even just, I'm trying to think of like how as a mother, my perspective would have had to be like, okay, this is a setback. This is holding me back. I'm never going to get to what I wanted. Like you could always think. And I, I mean, I've worked in the clinic. Like there's people even with pregnancies who are like, you know what, this is going to prevent me from going to school. This is going to prevent me from getting a really great job. This is going to prevent me from X, Y, and Z to seeing it as like, no, this is a blessing. Like this is, this is a, this is an encouragement to me. Like, I, I mean, obviously God's shaping Reagan and God's working through her life. Um, but like, even just how much you've grown, how much your kids have probably grown in knowing how to interact with other people, how to love God more, how to rely on how to re- treat people. I mean, I just mm-hmm. feel like that perspective shift even just is yeah. such a huge thing. And I know I've talked about this before, but like, there's that, there's this, this time where I, kind of thought, okay, well, God could heal her, you know, like, so tomorrow he could, he could heal her or tonight he could just heal her. And like, she could run out of her room and say, mommy, I love you. You know, she, she's nonverbal. If, you know, I really talk about how her function is now, but she's nonverbal. Reagan's probably never going to talk. Um, but God could do that if he wanted, he could heal her. He could make her well in the sense that her siblings are well. Um, but then I always think, well, then what would we be? You know, we would just be like every other family. Um, there's, there's no story. There's, there's no, um, you know, God planned this and, and it was for a purpose, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. Um, and that we get to turn and tell this to the next person, you know, it's what I'm doing right now. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that God has given me this story I'm called to tell it, Mm -hmm. you know, like I always think like I get nervous before I ever talk about these kind of things and stuff. But, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago, he just told me, you know, I didn't call you to be perfect. I called you to open your mouth, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I do Hmm. and just keep opening my mouth and telling the story and God can do the rest. He's going to do the rest. Even when it never looks like it worked out, even when I walk away defeated from something, someplace I went and spoke and I think, wow, that didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. God can, he can cover that, mm-hmm. you know, like he's going to work in the heart of somebody who I can never do that mm-hmm. work in, but I have to tell the story, you know, mm-hmm. I have to talk. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you're right. It is Reagan's story. You know, it is her story too. You know, like, I don't know what that looks like down the road for her. You know, how mm-hmm. does she continue to tell her story how do we make it hers now because she's almost a teenager you know we're um you know this is kind of her legacy you know like I'm able to be her voice piece in which I do um it's a high calling you know to be able to speak for her and advocate for her um and so it's a pretty cool thing and hopefully I can keep kind of transition her into that space you know whether that maybe looks like down the road she has her own you know, Facebook page where we show everybody what she does and how she does it and how it's different, but it's beautiful and all those things, you know, um, because people need that. I think, um, especially the people who have given other time and, and money and resources to make her 
build her the way she is. Mm -hmm. You know, she's functioning well because of everybody Mm -hmm. and their prayers. My goodness, you know, the prayers. Um, So to Reagan's ability, you know, what she looks like now. So, you know, at three years old, she couldn't do anything. She couldn't roll over. She couldn't sit up. She couldn't stand, talk or anything. Um, She is, you know, almost 13. She is standing five foot, one inch tall. (laughs) And um, she, uh, she's really a force to be reckoned with. She really Mm -hmm. is. I mean, she does not talk, but she is the loudest person I know. (laughs) You know, um, she gets her point across. She has an iPad with a communication device built in it. She can um, now form sentences, um, you know, add, um, you know, descriptive words to something you're asking her to explain. Um, Because of COVID, um, there's a lot of bad things, you know, negative things because of COVID, but there's also been a couple things that I have seen that have been a little bright spot Hmm. in a way. Um, So my, she's nonverbal. So she's, it's, it would be hard. Um, She may never drive, um, you know, so for her to ever be successful and going to the grocery store and getting groceries would be a challenge. Uh, Transportation is tough. Just walking through the parking lot and getting into the store is tough. Pushing the buggy, picking up things, all those things, talking to the cashier. Hmm. She now can, she runs my Walmart app. She runs well, it. She has, yeah, she has it on her iPad. So we have a Walmart pickup. So you order. have a lot of snacks. Yes. You have a lot yes. of snacks in your a lot of junk. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she runs it and I she, she gets in there on her own and adds all the things and not just like they're the exact, you know, size of a bottle of whatever creamer I use and the Aww. exact toilet paper and the, like she Dang, adds all those things on her own. Yeah. And then I just supplement it and add the things that I need for actual meals because nothing she gets is, you know, everything you know. is junk. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, um, she only eats like six or seven things, but she, <laughs> so she's a teenager. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> That's what yeah. they are. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So she adds all that. We choose to pick it up, but mm-hmm. if she were to choose, we could have it delivered now. Right. Mm. So, as yeah, a young woman awesome. who's nonverbal, who has disabilities all over the place, she could be successful in getting food to her house without ever having to speak to a cashier. How amazing is that? What a time. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. has allowed her to be born into a time where she can be successful. Mm-hmm. Like he has set That's her amazing. up. Yeah. We have a family at the um, at the closet that I run and she said her son has spina bifida. I won't, you know, mention their name, but um, she said, What's really cool is that this year when they went trick or treating trick-or-treating came to him he was able to go with all of his friends and stay with his friends because the barrier of getting up to the porch mm-hmm. to the ring the doorbell wasn't a thing because mm-hmm. covid everybody brought everything down to the street to the sidewalk it was there he could just wheel up in his wheelchair with everybody else and not ever feel secluded what a win you know it's oh amazing like we i just want i want people to see that you yeah. know like all of a sudden, we've all been inconvenienced as able-bodied people been con- inconvenienced. And so we solved the problem. Mm-hmm. How resourceful. Mm-hmm. It's all been fixed because of COVID. People that are dealing with a wheelchair and other ailments, you know, they can be successful mm-hmm. now. And I think, too, like, you mentioned how there's been some, I mean, there's been a lot of downfall with COVID, but also like, I do think since people have been so secluded in relationships, now they're starting to see people more and they're just valuing relationships. Like you're able to see like, okay, yeah, like I need people. I need community. You said something really powerful. Um, in your first part of your testimony was like, you had people rally beside you and you just realize, like, like you said, you grew up in Catanning. So you lived here in Catanning. So like, Mm -hmm there isn't people around here. Like, you're right. I'm, I grew, I'm from here too. And I don't know how many people I've seen being like kids being pushed with a wheelchair, mm-hmm. if ev- ever. Right. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually literally trying to think how right. many people I know. Um, and yeah. I, I don't know, but like yeah. you said, like going to that Institute, like you've realized like you're not alone, mm-hmm. you're not alone in this. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's all people need is just to realize like, wait, so I'm not like, God's not just like doing this all to me. Like it's not only me, like I'm not alone in this. And I, I just feel like too, sometimes whenever we do, so going back to the culture change thing, like whenever we do feel like we have this burden on our heart or this passion or this just desire to do something. And we think like, oh, I could never do that because it's just me. Well, God didn't call us just to be an island either. Like there are 
um, one of my coworkers said this to me before, like, what if there's somebody out there with the same passion as you right down the road and you just never asked? Mm. Like, what if somebody has that same vision on their heart, but they're too scared to mention it because they don't think they're enough. And then what if those two people come together and then they mention it to somebody else, you know, like how yeah, many then, other then people are forced to be reckoned with. Right. And right. so I think that's the thing is like, just you being willing to, um, so here's a question. So what was the process? Like, phys- like what was going through your mind and what decisions did you guys have to make to take such a big risk to um, actually make Regan's Journey a nonprofit organization? Because obviously that affected your family, that affected your kids, that affected a lot of your time. Like you both went from life to taking this huge risk of hoping people show up, hoping people support hoping there's a need that gets out there outreach I'm just thinking of all this stuff so yeah tell me what that process is yeah, like too I think it risk. was just very organic really mm-hmm. you know the way it grew um it, it was always kind of the logical next step I mean when we started we held a, a couple events like we do like two events a year we do a Santa thing we called it a sensory Santa event and what we wanted to accomplish is that we wanted kids with disabilities or kids with autism or whatever to come to a space that was muted, you know, um, not as bright as the mall, no long Mm -hmm. lines, you know, and, and surrounded by people who get it, you Mm -hmm. know, that's really Mm -hmm. (laughs) something that's important. So they would make an appointment and come see Santa without being judged and stared at and feeling like in a nice, quiet environment. And they would have a successful trip, hopefully, and have a great free picture with Santa. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes these people have never had this and they have a teenage kid that, you know, that's just never worked for them. So uh, we had a couple of those small things like that to sort of gauge like, you know, interest and, and things like that. Like, is this really something? Because we went to, um, we went to a variety party. It was a variety children's charity in Pittsburgh. They threw big parties um, on it. So it's a much larger scale of what we did with the Santa event. Um, and, you know, I never really even had to talk to any of the moms there. We were all busy pushing our kids and doing stuff with our other kids. But the fact that I could look across the table mm-hmm. and, you know, make eye contact with another mom who is feeding her child in a wheelchair who's old enough, you know, that they shouldn't have to be feeding them, you know, by spoon or same as Reagan. Um, we could just look at each other like in a way to say, I get it. You're me and I'm you and we're doing the same thing. You know, I don't have to feel like I'm the only person doing this uphill battle. You know, it's not just me. There are other people that are doing it. And so I think that gives you that, that motivation for that week Mm -hmm. to just be like, okay, yeah, that's right. I remember those people. They're my people. Mm -hmm. That's my community, you know? Um, and so when we, when we had those events, we started having conversations about like equipment, things like that. Um, like, oh, where'd you get that wheelchair or how did you get that covered or what, you know, what is that called? And so that brought on conversations about the closet, which is what, what we run now. It's called the Reagan journey closet. And so we give pediatric equipment and medical supplies to families in need. Um, Mm -hmm. there's no cost to them. We don't, it doesn't matter where they come from. If they're willing to drive to our Oakmont location to pick it up, then they can have have people from far away. Yeah. Yeah. We just, yeah. Recently had someone from six hours away. Um, they stayed in a hotel to get what their kid needs because it's not, you know, it's not accessible there. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, you know, all those conversations happened as a result of those events, you know? And so, but what we, always come back to at the closet it's really not it's it's not about providing the wheelchair that's just a tool and a means to make a connection with families mm-hmm. it's not really about the equipment it's about the relationships and so we've kind of found a like so last year we sent out over five hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment and medical supplies which amazing. is amazing yeah it's crazy and this is all we're only in our third year now so it's crazy um but you know we never want to get so big that we lose time to talk to those families. You know, sometimes you pull on a stander and you hand it to the mom and say, hey, is this gonna work for you? And you turn around and she's just weeping Mm. because she never thought she was gonna have to put her 18 month old daughter in that stander. Nobody wants to have to do that. And you don't know when is this gonna end? You know, is this my kid's life or is this just a tool for now? So it's more important for us to not just serve them in the now, but to build that relationship with them and say, we are your people from now until the end. We wanna be that person for you. We wanna make this better for you. We wanna give you, hand you a resource page and say, here's what's available to you because no one's gonna tell you that. It's just a reality, you know, life is Mm -hmm. busy and not everybody's gonna get all the resources and maybe you weren't ready for it at the time, but maybe they are now. Mm -hmm. So 
we, you know, we do have equipment and, re- and supplies and we meet those needs all the time. Every week we're meeting families needs. We can meet, you know, 12 families a week, 15 families a week. Um, but it's more than a wheelchair. It's more than feeding bags. It's more than, you know, trach items. It's, it's, we get it. We're moms. My friend Tara runs it with me and her child has special needs too. And so we're moms that are raising kids just like they are. Um, No matter the disability, it all just kind of, you know, it's Mm -hmm. the same thing. It's the same emotional strain, physical strain. Um, We get it and we want to make your life better. And then we want to make your kid's life better. So whatever that means, you know, looks like Mm -hmm. um, in whatever way we can, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said like, you just wanted to like whenever you first started if you think back to when you first started like you were like I just like take this from me God like I just think of like him like Jesus saying like just will you take this but if not like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll still do your will like why is this happening to me why is my baby like this but Mm -hmm. if I mean I'll trust you even so like you know but um oh I just Mm -hmm. I'm literally looking over at our like value our um mission statement for like culture changers and this whole idea about valuing life and cultivating a passion like you've I I don't think we could have somebody I mean I'm sure we're going to try to find and I don't know everybody's story but like you literally just represent this so well like you literally have valued life no matter what that looks like whether it's this idea of normal or not like you've cultivated your passion to the point where you've literally taken it into the community I mean that's not easy. I know you're saying it's like organic and it's what you're saying, but like, I can only imagine too, like the setbacks and finding a building and finding these and like, Mm -hmm. like that takes some serious. And I love that. Like hearing your, um, we didn't plan any of this. Like we're, we're just kind of talking, but you even said your intro about who you are. You were like, I'm just a doer. I'm just Mm -hmm. a, I'm just a, give me a task and I'll do it. And I think it's so cool hearing your story too, and how you're talking about like, God knew that in you. Like mm-hmm. God instilled that in you for such a purpose whenever you were just a kid yeah. and has built that up so much. And even here at Life Choices, knowing how to do outreach, like you guys are able to do that now in your job and just these building blocks I've seen in who you are. And I don't know Fred as much, but what I know of him, um, it's just so cool to see yeah. how I think he's developed. given me a resiliency, you know, there's, there's, a which res- is our word. That's is so really? cool. That's our word. Oh, so we have a great. word every year for, um, and we're actually going to talk about fortify our word next oh. podcast, which is so funny wow. for last year, but our word for 2021 is resilient. That's so awesome. But yeah, that's really go awesome. ahead. You know, and that's what I learned here, mm-hmm. you know, life choices. I mean, I look at that value life and go, well, that's what I learned here for two years. Like God put me in this space. I wasn't ready. I wanted to be ready. I wanted to say, okay, I'm ready to be out on my own. I'm going to start. I'm going to be the first employee with Reagan's Journey. I'm going to be the director. You know, I'm ready. And he said, no, I'm going to have you here first. And, you know, everything that I learned here, whether it's like, you know, something on the computer systems or the development side or whatever, all those things, building relationships with with the donors that support Life Choices, like all those things and every person in this building that I've ever interacted with played a part in, in making me ready mm-hmm to go out. You really, honestly, all of you here have prayed over me and supported Mm -hmm. me and lifted me up and taught me how to go out then and take it on my own. I was able to see every functioning piece and part of this office. And now I do (laughs) all those things myself pretty much, you know, um, I, well, I did have to learn it. Now my friend Tara has taken on a lot of those administrative things because she's so great at that. It's really a place where I lack. I sort of am more of a free spirit where I, I just want to, I just want to build relationships with those people and talk to these people and do this and this and this. And she's always like, okay, but let's put this in a list. <laughs> let's bring it back and let's make sure we document it and do something, you know, so that we can mm-hmm. keep it and make mm-hmm. sense of it. And it's always amazing. And it's, she has really helped me to, um, do well what I'm doing, do it right mm-hmm. and do it well so mm-hmm. that we can grow, you know, because if you don't, if you don't manage it and wrangle it and put yeah. it somewhere, you can't really grow well. Yeah. And so I think that's really the season we're in. But I mean, I just think, you know, valuing life, whether it's an infant or a person that's born with a disability, you know, um, or just in valuing ourselves. I mean, it's all, I learned it here really. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know that she would have this disability before you had her, but even mm-hmm. so, I mean, you would have just taken it and gone and yeah. <laughs> done what you had to do. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're just, this is, 
it's like it's it's your child so you just yeah, you love her you know you love her people will say well you're so strong for doing whatever you're doing and i say you know you're the same you would just do it you mm-hmm. would do it and you would do it well you know and i think um i don't think there's anything you know great and special about what i'm doing i'm just saying i'm relying on god to give me what he what i need and he will a uh, time and time again and i i tell people sometimes i'll say well i'm just a mom and i don't mean to say that i that i don't um value being a mom i'm just saying i want to empower people to take that and turn it into something Mm -hmm. else to say okay this is all the things that i've been handed that god has allowed me to walk through and trudge through and and (laughs) be angry about you know um to get to the other side and now it's my chance to turn and help the next person that's what we're supposed to do with our life you know you you take the struggles that you've you've gone through um and instead of just ignoring it you you Say, yeah. okay, God, I see this is what you've given because me Because his do. strength is enough. Yeah. Yours, yours isn't. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, right. That's what's right. hard is. Exactly. I think that's, yeah, whenever I, yeah. I think it's like you are a living, walking testimony of who God is and his strength. Like, that's what's awesome about it. And like, but that's, so that's the third, the fourth piece. So value life, cultivate passion, impact community, and then empower people. Mm. That's the point. And you said something, you I just keep pulling things out. You're just, I'm, I feel like I have so much going through my mind that I want to say that I'm like trying to process it all, but, um, and I'm a verbal processor, but the idea too, that you said the donors were donating to you and teaching you and for people listening to this who do donate to life choices or ever thought about it or have helped us in any way, like we tell, like, obviously we know and we promote, like you're helping those women in the clinics, you're helping those residents, but I mean, realizing that they're helping us develop our passions too and our abilities just by working here to be able to go out and do something. Like Reagan's journey may have not been able to be here at this time in the moment for these people had you not had this moment, had you not had these people backing up life choices to actually make us an organization to now make you an organization. I just, Mm -hmm. I love that idea of that ripple effect that these people if you're donating, if you're helping us in any way, if you're even just sharing this podcast on Facebook or um, wherever it's at, like you're possibly creating a new outreach. You're possibly creating a new nonprofit organization that yeah, will value life. And yeah. you you don't right. even know it. Like those donors yeah. back then were doing that. And I kept thinking that too, like the how they've kind of intertwined. Like yeah. life choices and, and like our church family from Harvest and from the, the community of Katanning, like all those, you know, like mm-hmm. there it's, it was very often that I would come, you know, I'm from Harvest, but I come here to be employed here and I'm looking through the donor database, you know, and seeing familiar names. Like these mm-hmm. are the people that have helped me raise my child and make mm-hmm. her better awesome. you know these are the people that they're valuing not only you know lives here for life choices but they're valuing my daughter's life you know and and that's this is their pastor's family that they're supporting you know like there's I mean just all the time it just kind of came full circle you know so yeah. many people who have impacted us for good um you know whether it was like coming into my home and doing therapy with Reagan or they would sometimes like clean my house. Like I had these women who they came in and, and did stuff with, with Reagan, but then in the downtime they were over there, you know, doing my dishes and Aww. doing things like just loving on me. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, I, I don't know. I it's, it feels like it didn't happen in a way, you know, because we're so far out from that season and it was mm. rough for me. Like I cried a lot that season. Sure. It was hard. It was just humbling. I think, you know, to just need help. I didn't like that. Um, Yep, but get God, that. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Asking right. for help is the worst. It's hard, yeah. <laughs> so hard. But God's like, I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna keep these people in your life for a reason, and it's for the and they it it, it serves them too. You know, mm-hmm. they're not to them. It's not just you know doing my dishes. To them, they're being the hands and feet of God, and mm-hmm. they they know they have that ability, so they it's their turn to do it. You know, it's an action That's step. Awesome. It's great. Mm-hmm. So. What would you say to someone right now who might be listening, and they maybe it's not helping people who have special needs children or what if they just have a passion that's lingering in their heart and they're listening to this and they're like oh my like I feel like God's maybe been pushing me to do this or go towards this but I just I don't feel confident I don't feel capable like what would you say to somebody right now who's listening who's like okay I'm listening to this because I know I have a passion for something or I want to develop a passion for something but I just don't feel like this is my time or I'm enough or I, no, 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 that's not for me. Like, what would you say to that person who's sitting there or in that struggle right now who just never thinks they're going to, it's going to come to any good? 
Yeah, I, crazy. I was on, on the way here listening to the song. It was an Ellie Holcomb song. Okay. And it was like, um, it was the, um, the verse in Psalms, you know, I've been, I've been knitted together in my mother's womb and, mm. you know, you've, you have done this, this intricate work, you know, so that, um, that I can go on and do that. And yeah. so, um, it was, it was very much her trudging through, I'm not enough and, and I'm, I can't do it and I'm, it's a struggle and I don't think I'd be good at it. And all those doubts, you know, that come into our minds, um, from the enemy, of course, he doesn't want us to be successful <laughs> and to be doing God's work. Um, so I would say, you know, like just continually bringing that before God and to, to open our, open their eyes to exactly what they need to do for the next step. You know, that's really a, um, I really feel like I've always just taken the next step, like mm. asking God for, for the right people, the right, um, you know, partnership, the right ideas and the right even words to say, <laughs> to have that conversation, just take the next step because that way you are being a, an active you're actively waiting. You're not passively Mm, waiting. You're taking a step. You know, I mean, I remember thinking like, well, I can't Mm. do anything about my situation with Reagan, but I, there's, there's something that can be done in the waiting while I'm waiting for her to be healed or Mm. while I'm waiting for God to reveal who she is, I got to do something Mm. because I'm kind of going crazy. So there's just that way of being actively waiting and Mm. just calling on God and really trusting that he will give it to you, that there's an answer, you know, that he would help you link arms with the right people so that you can make the biggest success. Yeah. Cause you, like you said, there's someone down the road who could want to do the same thing, but if you never talk about it and you never go and try to do it, what's he going to, what, what can he do with that? Mm-hmm. So you take the risk and you go out and you say, I really think that this is what I've been called to do. And, and I'm going to rely on God for every little resource and every little thing. And even if it's just enough, he's going to be there, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're not over here swimming in money, you know, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. just not the way it is, but it's, it's, it's encouraging work and it's, it's God given work and it's what I get up for every day. And it's, I I love it. You know I mean? This is, I know I've been designed for this. I know it, you know, and you're confident, like they can't see you right now, but I mean, you're, yeah, you can just tell like, this is, you got to your building block. Yeah. Like this is it. This yeah. is what he's preparing you for. And yep. um, I said this in the last episode too, but I, this is like, I feel like something I think about a lot in my own mind and try to like remember is like failure is such a worldly term. It's not a God term. It's like not a heavenly term because like in God's eyes, like there's not failure because he can do anything with anything. Like, mm-hmm. I just think sometimes we think like, oh, but I'm going to fail so what he can't use that like so what he can't use it that you didn't get to your goal that you didn't get to your destination of what it should have looked like and I think I fall I fall into that so often is like well if I can't achieve this huge dream why even start but mm-hmm. like because me I'm like well that would be a fail like I don't want to fail I don't want to start because I don't want to get to that failure point but like as if God didn't create those relationships as if God didn't create little yeah. seeds throughout the way as if God didn't build something in me throughout that process so and and what if it it was never meant to look the way we thought exactly. it was going to look. It yeah. almost never is. I mean, yeah. that, that's so I'm 40 now and I'm really looking back thinking it's never, when I pray for something, God, he will answer, but it never looks the way I think it's going to look. Yeah. It's almost always better. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's sometimes, it, you know, you kind of look back and go, oh, oh, that's what he's doing with that, you know, mm-hmm. but it was not at all what I thought. And I'm glad that I'm not in charge. You know, mm-hmm. usually I'm, I'm just glad that he is the one that's providing direction and all those, those um, relationships and the next step, you know, because I would have never dreamt that that's, you know, the way I would, the way I would go mm-hmm. or the place I would be like, you know, every time we with the the closet it's it's a struggle to always have space and to be moving you know from one thing to the next and growing and looking for the next thing and and you know finding supporters and donors and things like that and it's just I just I just know now just give it to him if I just can get out of my own way get out of his way I guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm the one in the way Mm -hmm. if I get out of the way and trust him he's gonna give it he's gonna provide it may not be you know something um, huge and grand, but it's enough for today. It's what I needed. He will support it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, honestly, thank you for so much for coming on here. Um, this has been just, again, just so heartwarming to me and like truly seeing somebody and talking to somebody who's changing culture, but not like for like such a selfless reason. I just think some, like 
just because like you took what you were dealt and it wasn't because you had this grand dream whenever you were 15 to do this. It was just, you know what? No, like I'm just going to trust God and just Mm -hmm. see what happens. And you're seriously changing the culture of what special needs looks like, what families, households look like. I mean, we talked about last time too, culture starts in yourself and in your home and in your immediate surroundings. And I mean, I'm just thinking in your own home and all those other parents homes just how much different life looks like because you were you met them just because Reagan's journey was there so um I think for the community thank you and just for us like thank you for just all of it and just being open I know this is out of our comfort zones (laughs) in some ways but I mean even just here just showing up just continuing to show up for having me it's I'm really excited about what you're doing what you're accomplishing with this podcast it's really exciting and I know it's it's definitely a step of faith and it's it's all new and it's exciting it's scary it's all those things but I think it's going to be amazing I mean you're going to connect with a lot of people that really need to hear that just to be empowered, just to rely on God to do that, you know, and and I think what always kind of comes to me is that no one does anything alone, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing that uh, people might say, like, I've achieved, or I think I've achieved, it's not because of what I've done on my Mm -hmm. own, really, you know, like, there's so many, there's so many even hidden people that support what I do, it's amazing, like, Mm -hmm. I I just, I feel empowered because of their support, you know, Mm -hmm. like, they, you know, like, they might not like you said, with the donors, you know, here at Life Choices, like they don't even uh, probably can't even scratch the surface of seeing the impact mm-hmm. that they're having. Oh, I mean, it's I amazing. And I mean, I worked oh here goodness. every day, every hour was like a celebration of what God did today. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of it's confidential. Doing. Like right. obviously it has to be confidential. Yeah. And I'm sure you feel like that too. Like you can't just say the names of all these people, but yeah. seeing it, living it. Yeah. Yeah. And watching the community change. So, yeah. well, that's thank a great you. way to end it. Yeah, and thank you so much it. for coming on. Thank you. All right. We'll all right. talk to you later. Yeah. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that episode um, and got to know a little more about Reagan's journey. Um, And I really hope that you enjoyed just hearing about how culture is actually being changed by someone. This is a practical um, show of how somebody is valuing life, cultivating passion, impacting community, empowering people. And to stay connected, we want you guys to know that we also on our Your Life Choices info dot com website um there is a tab at the top of the page that has podcast slash blog and we are writing out a written version of this podcast um we'll have more information about like reagan's journey her facebook page some other things um that you can just stay connected with so we are so happy that you joined us and we'll talk to you later